0: Everyone, welcome to the Funnel, an e commerce podcast. Each episode, we interview experts to bring you the latest insights. We'll tackle the latest trends and topics that matter the most to e commerce pros. I'm Shannon Keneally, content writer at Blue Acorn.
1: And I'm Casey Long, lead client success manager at Blue Acorn.
0: Hey, Casey. Hey, good morning. Good morning. We're
1: we're live now.
0: Yep. Episodes are up. iTunes, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts,
1: all the platforms. Yep it's been this has been fun couple of months for the for the several listeners several months <laughs> yeah for the listeners we um, got started on this months and months ago and we were like we need to make sure we have a backlog of episodes before we let anyone see like before this ever hits the light of day cuz it's you know hardest to put this stuff together so mm-hmm.
0: yes yeah, so i think at this time we have this will be our sixth recorded three live so it's cool got plenty coming up
1: it's been a fun ride yep How's the um you're, you're in the marketing sphere. How has the uh, the response been? Are the masses enjoying our our content? Yeah,
0: we already have some good feedback. So on iTunes, thanks to ecom fan and ecom for life for leaving your positive comments. Keep those coming. We appreciate any comments you guys give us. So we'd love to know you know what topics you'd like to hear from the future and just anything we could improve on.
1: So, what's the topic for today?
0: So, today we have with us Josh Brinson, solutions engineer at Blue Acorn, and we're going to talk about Magento 2.3. Hey, Josh.
1: Hey, guys. Thanks for hey. coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, tell us about 2.3. What's uh, Why is it awesome, and why should everybody move to it?
2: All right. So, uh, yeah, Magento 2.3. I, I feel like... Um, Magento is kind of really coming into its own now. I feel like uh, maturity is a broad word, but I feel like Magento 2.3 has not only set Magento up for the future, but also filled in a couple of gaps uh, that may have been missing in the past. So, again, I'm a solutions engineer, so I work on the sales team. And so, a big part of my job is to actually demo these platforms. And so, I think a testament to Magento is that. It really takes me uh, probably about an hour and a half to really get all through all the features and functionality. So there's a ton of, it, of, of features right there in the box, and uh, comparing that to the other platforms, I would say that Salesforce, Commerce Cloud takes me about an hour, and Shopify, I can really breeze through that in about 30 minutes. So um, it really, again, is a testament to the amount of features and functionality they package right into it.
1: So there's just a lot in there. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah, there sure is, and 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 so I guess in the past, um, again, I, I'm not a, a sales rep for Magento. I'm I'm a, I'm a fanboy, but um, I really do like to make sure that our clients or opportunities understand where there could be some gaps in the platform, and some of those have been in the past. Uh, um, natively, the the platform can really could really only hold one value for inventory, so that really. Um, made it so that customers really had to use an ERP, a WMS, or something like that so they could really manage all these different stocks. Another one uh, that was kind of Uh, I guess, again, them setting themselves up for the future would be the flexibility of that front-end experience. So uh, Magento out-of-the-box has a a nice framework. Uh, They have Luma, which is kind of the theme that comes out of the box, Uh, but still, it was tightly integrated with the platform. Uh, You had to really learn that front-end code to really develop on Magento, and now they're really taking steps to kind of decouple that front-end experience from the platform. The last one that, uh, again, not necessarily a gap, but uh, you would have to really leverage another platform for this would be content creation and blog creation. So again, in the past, uh, you've got content blocks. You have a lot of assets and the ability to create these unique personalized experiences. But as far as really um, an advanced... Content or blog creation software really didn't have that uh, a lot of our clients would use a wordpress or even a CMS platform to really curate yeah. and push that content to magenta
1: so it sounds like they're just pulling in things that normally would be sort of um, sort of tertiary systems and making it native.
2: Exactly. Yeah, and they've yeah. done a good job of take, taking different approaches for a lot of that. Uh, so what they're doing is they have a lot of packaged uh, modules now. So this will be partnerships with companies like Klarna, like Dotmailer. So really it's just you turning it on. You're not having to install a module or do any of that. And it's, again, a lot more tightly coupled. Some of this, this new stuff like um, multi-source inventory... Uh, is what they call a core bundled extension. So okay. what this does is it allows you to add in the functionalities that you need. So you need B2B, you install the B2B module. If you need Page Builder, you install that module. So instead of having all these features all at once you, that you're not going to use yeah. or it's kind of bloating your software, you're able to kind of piecemeal and turn turn on and add in all the functionality that you need for your specific instance. Okay.
1: Okay, that makes sense. So, like, break this down for, you know, let's say we have a an e-com director somewhere at a scaling business out there listening, they're on, you know, some version of Magento 2, um, maybe they're working with a partner, they don't have, you know, they're not super heavy in dev resources, I mean, like, w- what are some considerations planning-wise planning in terms of migrating to, like, arguments for, I think you pretty laid, laid out pretty well, but, like, considerations, things to think about before just, you know, firing it up and you know, going just full on into it.
2: Into Magento? Um, well, into Magento, the, into,
1: the, into the next, into the upgrade. Yeah. Um,
2: you know what? Honestly, I would say that if you are, are currently on Magento, um, I would say uh, pump the brakes a little bit, understand 2.3, and wait for 2.3.1. I'll get into some of the caveats of, of kind of how they have rolled out 2.3, um, but I think that Magento does a good job of allowing... The community to provide feedback on these features okay. to uh, not necessarily just bug fix, but help uh, Magento develop that roadmap. So some of these features I mentioned, page builder, that's going to be an early but beta right now. So it's it's kind of it's going to be part of the core code, but again, they haven't uh, really worked out a lot of the kinks. So I would say if you're currently on Magento 2. Um, I would say wait till 2.3.1 before you upgrade, but uh, it's a great opportunity to go ahead and start understanding how this functionality is going to impact your business, start understanding uh, what the new features on, how you'll really uh, take advantage of those new features. Uh, but again, if you uh, are looking to uh, re-platform to Magento from another platform, I, I would say go ahead. Um, obviously, we would have, just have access to 2.3 right now. But um, as you know, most of these implementations could take months to up to a year. So you, we will continually upgrade to the most recent version throughout the implementation.
1: It sounds like there might be a big selling point around what you were describing with like, if, again, on, like say you're a, a scaling business um, and maybe you have like a fledgling ERP that doesn't operate the way you want and you, you have like tons more use cases that you want to be able to support in terms of the fulfillment side, like there might be a huge argument to just kind of scrap a, a poorly operating back end um, business operation and, and, you know, fold it into something that's native, I would imagine.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We see a lot of uh, clients that have that have been around for a long time, but their ERP could be pulling them down. The, the ERP could not even offer uh, APIs, so it could be very difficult to get information in and out of that platform to be able to reflect it in Magento. So. Again, yeah, it's always a good opportunity to evaluate exactly what you're doing now and see if maybe you could uh, reduce the amount of systems that you have, reduce the amount of contracts and the amount that you're paying uh, because you can take advantage of the features that are right out of the box and that, again, you're paying for with your license.
0: So is this something that people were asking for originally?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Multi-source inventory is a big one. This was actually a community-driven project, so... um, uh, Uh, Again, Magento has a huge community out there. It's uh, due in part to the open source nature of the platform and the open version of it. So they really rely on the community to not only, again, uh, find those bugs, um, help them deliver the roadmap, but actually develop some of this functionality. Another good example of that would be the instant purchase feature. So this actually came out uh, with 2.2.2. But what happened was uh, this was a patent that Amazon had had forever, just the ability to essentially click one button from that product detail page and you're done, you're checked out. Obviously you need to have some kind of a payment method saved uh, so that all that information would set up. So you'd have to have some defaults probably have shot there in the past, but it's gonna really make that process a lot easier. And so uh, again, Amazon had that kind of locked down. As soon as that patent expired, that functionality was ready for Magento and and they rolled it out immediately. So uh, again, a, a testament to how quickly they really adapt to um, the the ecosystem and, and get that functionality into the platform and out to the users
1: mm. back to the um, the CMS um, the content piece I know um, in, in my experience you know we have a lot of clients here that they're eager to be as self-sufficient on the content as they want to be you know just so they can maximize the the use of their partner and have their partners develop like big feature rich things you know as opposed to like, shopping out content creation is is this new um, content piece kind of does it empower them to do that more like a little more you know I don't know if drop and drag is the right characterization but something like that.
2: Exactly right. You hit the nail on the head. So uh, in the past, Magento had a WYSIWYG editor. So that's really, what you see what you get, Uh, you can have some visualization, but you're really kind of working back and forth between HTML, all these different codes uh, to really create this experience. And and again, a lot of times, even if you know HTML, you might not be able to create this really rich experience just doing this uh, WYSIWYG editor. So it's going to add that drag and drop functionality. It's going to add integrations with Google Maps with instagram so you can automatically pull in this rich content and again it's going to have not just this drag and drop functionality but it's going to really allow you to do some of those new features that you've seen on on some of the new designs where it's very graphically rich uh, Mm -hmm. and and again really intuitive uh, allowing personalization and really adapting to the specific user and what you want to show them I mean that's huge like I've had a few engagements with clients where like w- we get in
1: the scoping process of what it's going to take to redesign their site and then we get to the content piece and there's real scoping implications like how much they're going to spend with us as the partner depending on how slick and widgetized we make it you know what I mean like so we can strip it down and the solution will be cheaper and then the implication is they need to have somebody savvy in html code or you know it's work that we're doing and So I guess, yeah, I mean, that seems like a really huge opportunity there.
0: Especially for industries like beauty and fashion where you're constantly adding new products and things like that. Yeah,
2: absolutely. It's going to make everybody happy. It's going to make the marketing team happy, the development team happy, because they don't have to be involved as much anymore. Um, And again, it's going to make the end user happy because they're going to see that information very quickly and it's going to adapt to exactly what they need.
0: Right. So you mentioned earlier progressive web apps. I think that was one like the big things people are really excited
2: about yeah yeah great question um so if you really want to know about progressive web apps i would recommend to go to the blog and read my (laughs) blog post what are progressive web apps but um really again i think that this is where magento is leaning into the future i think that uh progressive web apps are a slice of this bigger pie of decoupling the front-end experience from that back-end magento logic so the way that they're really doing that, and, and kind of the big piece of the puzzle behind this, is GraphQL. So, again, uh, Magento's front end was uh, historically really tightly coupled with the back end experience, and uh, they did that because performance is important. I mean, uh, it's not just Google; it's it's the users, uh, and so um, you want your site to be as fast as possible, and the and that involves getting that information to the user as quickly as possible. And and again, the the personalized, the specific information for them. So uh, leveraging this new GraphQL technology, um, again, they worked with Google to kind of create this progressive web app app experience. Um, So you know it's going to be really fast, really slick, and at the end of the day, it's going to help your company because it's going to help you in search rankings. It's going to help with your uh, improved mobile experience. So it's, it's, again, it's going to, um, make sure that not only are your users happy, but you're going to show up uh, a little bit higher in uh, the search results as well. So a lot of benefits outside of that. But I think the real excitement here is about, um, again, I keep saying this, decoupling that front-end experience. And I, I think that uh, another reason they're doing that is because of this new, um, this new overlord, Adobe. So as everybody knows, uh, Adobe purchased Magento. Adobe is huge into content. Magento is huge into e-commerce. And so um, they wanted the ability to be able to leverage different tools for that front-end experience. So the the newest thing that's going to be coming out would be this integration between uh, the Adobe Experience Manager and Magento's back-end. So again, you're able to easily have these two systems very fluidly talk to each other, get that information back and forth, uh, but you're really getting a lot more control over that front-end experience and not only what the person sees, but how they see it and, and have it adapt to the device that the customer is seeing it on.
0: So it's essentially mimicking a native app experience that someone could bookmark on their home screen, on their phone but it's not a separate application from the website.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's going to give you a lot of features um, around kind of offline browsing because it really is going to kind of front load um, a lot of this information onto your, your mobile device. So um, it's going to have uh, mobile payments are going to be a lot more tightly integrated because again, it's leveraging your device for a lot of this information. But again, I think that as far as like um, thinking about examples of how PWAs can be used, I, I think that we've really just seen the tip of the iceberg. I think that there's companies like Carved that are doing a really rich experience where um, you can tell that it's better but you can't really tell why. You can almost you can tell that I mean it feels different. It feels like a native app experience. It doesn't really feel like you're in Chrome or Safari. Again, that the payment, uh, uh the payment authorization is is very fluid. You just uh, touch the back of your phone, which is, is really cool to have that so tightly integrated. But again, I, I think that this is gonna really help people with VR, AR, all those acronyms to really again uh, allow people our clients and and, um, these different technology companies to really push the envelope of what you can present to the user um, and how fast you can give it to them.
0: Is um, the PWA studio required for all Magento users?
2: When I'm thinking about PWA, progressive web apps isn't something specific to Magento. So you could have done a progressive web app um, on Magento before this. What Magento is doing is they're creating the tooling to create that experience, which is PWA Studio, and, um, and this kind of, uh, I, I don't want to say the word theme because uh, Magento historically has had uh, themes built in the platform that uh, companies like us use for demos, opportunities can use because they can leverage that. So Luma is in uh, Magento 2, uh, in Magento 1 it was Madison Island. Um, so they will have some kind of a kind of a reference experience leveraging PWAs to again, uh, start showing the world what these uh, applications can do and and what this new technology can do. So as far as PWA Studio, I see that as a tool to allow companies to kind of have this tool set and build those out within the platform. Uh, But again, I think that you don't have to use that. You can really create this experience however you want because now you have access to that technology.
0: What are some other features um, on 2.3 that users didn't have before?
2: Um, So again, multi-source inventory is a big one. Uh, Instant purchase, I touched on that. Um, But also they're going to do a lot of stuff with security. Uh, um, Again, this is a request a lot. I think that Magento in the past has had a little bit of a stigma uh, around security. And so um, what they've done to kind of help with that is now they're packaging in google recaptcha so all of your forms you don't have to worry so much about somebody getting in there and and breaking your site through these form submissions you can easily turn that on Um, you also have two factor authentication for the admin so again it's uh... Uh, It really is dependent on choosing an SI to make sure that uh, not only do they have experience with Magento and understand the architecture, but they have experience launching and managing these sites. So, um, again, a a big part of Magento is who you partner with, uh, but now these partners will have new tools to make sure that not only is the front end secure, but also that that back end experience is secure. And again, I mentioned uh, these kind of pre-built modules that they're adding into the platform. A new one is Klarna, so that's another pay service. I mean, if you go into the back end of of Magento, it really is a a huge list of of your brain trees, your PayPal, um, Amazon Pay is built right in now. So it really is just the click of a button, putting in your specific um, codes to make sure that you're linked to that account, but uh, very exciting. So um, I I think that multi-source inventory, again, is something that I'm excited about because it was a, a limitation of the platform in the past. Uh, Magento obviously also has Magento Order Management, which is really going to give you a much richer omni-channel buy online, pick up in store experience. This is going to get you almost there. And so the way that they've architected this is with sources and stocks. So. What you can do now is you can go into Magento. You can create sources. A source can be a—it's basically where that product is located. So this could be uh, warehouses. These could be brick and mortar stores. Um, this could be your garage. Uh, really, where is that located? And and something that's not available yet that I see a huge potential of is drop shipping. So you're going to easily have the ability to have products in your, in your um, warehouse, once you sell out of those, there's not going to be uh, this product went out of stock. You can easily switch over to the actual manufacturer of that product, to a drop shipper that supplies it, so that if you do actually run out of physical inventory, it's going to have logic in the system to back that up and, and pull it from someplace else. And so what happens now is you've you've set up all these different sources where your products are, and you group those into stocks. And so a stock is essentially going to be a group of sources, and it's going to be linked to a sales channel. So... Um, The way that they've architected right now is going to be around website. So I guess the best example of this would be um, you're a company that has international. So you've got America, you've got multi warehouses in America, so multi sources in America. You group all of those sources into a stock that that front end American website is going to pull from. You also have Europe. So you've got warehouses in Europe. You're able to group those warehouses into a stock for your, your Europe website. And then again, you're, you're able to really present to the user, if you want to, the exact inventory of each one of those products. They're not kind of not understanding exactly how much inventory. Again, this is really up to how you manage inventory, but that option is there. And then uh, another cool thing about this is the way that they'll decrement stock. So in the past, Magento, uh, when you place an order, it's going to pull that out of that order, out of that inventory. What's going to happen now is when you place that order, it's going to pull that out of the stock. But what happens is um, it's basically going to reserve that. And then the actual decrement of the inventory comes when you ship it. Now, so oh, okay. when you actually ship it, it's going to pull it out of that source. So um, again, it's it's giving you a, a richer experience because Magento is not having to do all this calculation of where can I pull this source from, where 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 is the best place to come to pull this product out of in checkout? It's actually going to figure that out once you your company ships it out. And so again, there'll be some logic in the back end that'll help you um, really determine priority of your different sources, how close that customer is to it. And again, I think they're going to continually build on this new functionality to really build it out, to make it extremely flexible. And again, hopefully uh, help reduce the need of these full ERP implementations and all those kind of additional systems that some new company may not even have yet and may not end up needing. I mean, that seems huge. I mean,
1: we had Shipper HQ in here, you Mm -hmm. know, like she was hammering home the, the idea that you, know, you can have the slickest experience to get you to cart in the world, but the experience continues after that. So if like once the person hits pay and uh, then they're waiting for their stuff, if it's not dynamic enough and they don't, their expectations aren't managed, anyway, I could just see that being a huge strategic uh, boon for companies that are onboarding this. Absolutely.
0: All right. Well, thanks, Josh, for joining us. For those of you listening, uh, we love to hear from you, so please leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. But if you'd like to reach out to us, just check out our website, blueacorn.com, and um, also feel free to check out Josh's um, blog post about PWAs on our blog, and we also have a blog post about Magento 2.3 as well. Thank you.